Hello everyone, my name is JD, and this is another episode of On the Lighter Side of Life. This is going to be a little bit different episode this go-around, guys. What the deal is, is I, people think that this is kind of easy, and I've, been, uh, I've received emails on that deal. Uh, they don't realize how much I have to rehearse, and I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I have to rehearse everything that I do. I go over it for a couple of days, uh, me and the engineer, who happens to be my wife, by the way. So I, I thought, well, you know what? If they think this is easy, and it is, basically. It is really, really easy to do this kind of work, and I love doing this. I've seen myself talk in front of 60 people live, okay? Not a problem. But you throw a microphone in front of me, and here we go. I get all tongue-tied, and I make mistakes, and what I end up having to do is having to we'll record a little bit and we have to stop we'll start recording some more and you stop and it's just back and forth like that and it drives the wife kind of nutsy because there's a lot of editing that she has to go through so i thought you know what let's just do it live run across and the mistakes that i made you guys are going to hear okay so this is the way this particular program is going to go out we're just going to do uh, just being live, and when I make a mistake, we'll have to stop, and we'll start it all over again, just so you guys can understand and hear uh, what this redneck goes through, um, because I am I have to read things several times to get it right, and that's just me, and before anybody asks, yes, I am educated, <laughs> I have an education, but when it comes to presenting with a microphone stuck in front of me, it uh, for some reason I get just as nervous as ever. I haven't been this nervous uh, since the day I asked my wife to get married to me. But um, uh, I, I've talked to, like I said, to sixty people at one time and not had a problem. Just sit there and talk to them for hours on end. I not a problem. But to sit back with a microphone kind of stuck in your face and you're going like, okay, I have to get this right because you can't talk too loud and you can't talk too low. There's a area that you have to be in. So. Anyway, we're going to get started, okay? And I can relate. Someone sent me an email with a little bitty joke on it, and it's real small, and it's real quick, and it's called Shrinking Clothes. And it states, Darling, I think our new dryer is shrinking my clothes. No, sweetie. That's the refrigerator. And you know something? I can relate to that more than people know, because I can look at my icebox in the kitchen, and I know there's goodies in there. And the minute someone turns their back, I want to be in that icebox, I'm telling you. I've got this food fetish at my age, and uh, my clothes are steadily shrinking, and I'm going to have to go out and buy new shirts and new pants and keep going forward. That's just an old guy thing, I guess. The older you get, the kind of more round you get. If you would have saw me at 22 years old, I was skin and bones, and my wife can testify to that in a heartbeat. So, yeah, I've steadily kind of gained on weight. Uh, I was a turn sideways and disappear kind of guy <laughs> when I was younger. Not anymore, by golly. Not anymore. Um, here's another one uh, that was sent in to us. Uh, it says here, and I quote, a mother took her little boy to church. While in church, the little boy said, Mommy, I have to pee. The mother said to the little boy, it's not appropriate to say the word pee in church. So from now on, Whenever you have to pee, just tell me you have to whisper, okay? The following Sunday, the little boy went to church with his father. During the service, he said to his dad, Daddy, I have to whisper. The father looked, <laughs> it was just cold-blooded. 
The father looked at him and said, okay, just whisper in my ear. (laughs) That was sent to me. And I thought, you know, that would be just about my luck because I've got a couple of grandkids. They'll do what you actually, what you tell them, you know, (laughs) the next thing you know, it wouldn't have been a good day for me. I'm just telling you that right off the bat. So anyway, I have another one if I can kind of find it here. And I'm losing this. Here we go. Where are we at? Ah, here we go. I got one cent that says uh, Blonde Arrow, okay? Um, did you hear about the blonde who shot an arrow into the air and she missed? Oh, my goodness. My daughters are going to give us a call on that deal, I think. <laughs> anyway, this is just me messing up because I have not rehearsed this in any shape, way, or form. I haven't read these before today. Um, so if I mess them up, let me apologize right now. I know I'm going to mess this up, and I'm going to have to do a take two or three or four, you know. Usually it turns out to be like six takes sometimes to get something right for me because I have a bad day that I just can't get things to go the way that we want it to go. I've lost myself here. (laughs) This is just crazy. Who come up with this idea? Anyway, (laughs) the, the, the engineer's pointing at me, guys, if you... Don't realize that. She's looking at me like, okay, just keep it rolling. You know, (laughs) just keep this thing going. Like I said, this is totally 100% um, unrehearsed. Okay. Um, The next thing I have to read to you is uh, about a woman who got tired of her husband's uh, always coming home late, you know. So she decided to leave him a note. After reading it, the response he gave was quite a funny one. Uh, a woman who was angry about the habitual lateness of her husband deciding or decided to drop a note that read, I have, I've had enough. <laughs> See, this is where we're going to go into take two because I blew that. Okay, here we go. Uh, a woman who was angry about the habitual lateness of her husband decided to drop him a note that read, I've had enough and left you. Don't bother coming after me. After dropping the note, she hid under the bed to observe her husband's reaction. A moment later, her husband returned home. She heard him walk from the kitchen into the bedroom and to the dresser. The wife watched her husband pick up the note and after some time saw him writing something before calling someone with his phone. Over the phone, he said, she's finally gone. Yeah, I know about the bloody time. I'm coming to see you Put on that sexy French negligee as he continued, okay? He finally um, ended the call and left with his car keys. His wife heard his car zoom off, came out from under the bed. With anger and tears in her eyes, she took hold of the note to see what he had written. I can see your feet. We were out of bread. Be back in five minutes. That would be just a little bit on the cold-blooded side for that little scenario. And, you know, a couple of episodes back, it's been like two or three episodes, I mentioned that my oldest daughter was the truck killer. She was the only one that put a dent in my pickup, okay? I had scratched it. I'm guilty of that just as the day is long. But she's the one that put the dent in it. Well, I find out from the other day from one of my grandsons. Um, He is the son of my youngest daughter, okay? And now she's going to be called the TV killer because she killed the TV in her bedroom. 
she broke the leg, didn't pay no attention to it because it was sitting up on a dresser. And when she walked away, the TV fell off. Well, now they have to get a new TV. <laughs> so now she's the TV killer. I have a truck killer and I'm just waiting because I know something else is going to come up. So, yeah. So there you go. The youngest is my TV killer. Um, good thing all of my TVs hang off the wall, you know, <laughs> so I have a fighting chance that she won't kill my TV, and I hope not. So, anyway. <laughs> now, I've got a cute little kind of a joke for you here. It's about a Navy officer and a Marine. This isn't me. This is what was sent to me. I think it's really cute, though. There was a Marine officer. He got to his destination a little late, only to discover that every room in the hotel he went to was fully booked, putting him in a frantic mood. The Marine turned to the receptionist, begged her to look for a room for him. He got really desperate and asked if there was any bed he could sleep in. The manager thought long and thought hard and remembered that there was a double room with one occupant, a Navy officer who would not mind splitting the cost. The manager, however, quickly added that the Navy officer really snored bad, that uh, people across the hallway and other rooms have complained in the past. Tired from the day's journey, the Marine officer noted that he does not mind staying with a snoring Navy officer. He agreed to take the room. The following day, the Marine officer came down for breakfast, smiling and happy. The manager asked him how he slept, to which he replied, saying, never better. Surprised by the response, the manager asked how he uh, coped with the snoring. The Marine officer said he was able to shut the Navy officer up in no time. The manager then uh, asked how he was able to do that. The Marine officer explained that the Navy officer was already in bed, snoring when he got into the room. Then he explained that he went over to the Navy officer's bed, kissed him on the cheek, and said goodnight. The Marine officer then added, he sat up all night watching me. Now, how morbid is that? <laughs> I would have packed my stuff and gone, dude. I mean, someone, some guy I don't know walks in and gives me a kiss on the cheek. I'm out of there. I'm done. Paint me goodbye because I. it's just, you know, you're done. <laughs> cool as it was, that is just not the right thing to do. Oh, and I've been getting uh, emails and some text messages about um, if I've gone back to work, and yes, I have. Uh, today, th this week is my first week of being back to work. I went back to my roots because uh, I've been in management for, what, 15 years? I originally started out when I was 18 years old driving a truck, and that's how I raised my girls, was being a truck driver. Uh, worked for great companies like Unical for years, and uh, but then I got into management. And uh, so I went back to my, my roots of where I started out at. And I thought I was still reasonably young and kind of uh, flexible. I have found out doing local deliveries, <laughs> coming out of a truck 15 to 60 times a, a day, you know, making all these different little stops and local deliveries. Uh, yeah, in the morning, it's fine. You know, you're not a problem. But by the time 4 and 5 o'clock comes around, your body's screaming at you, telling you, like, dude, yeah, you're not 30. So let's go home. We're done. And I come home and I crash into my uh, recliner and go from there. Uh, the guy that's training me, he acts as old as I am, and he's 15 years younger than I am, by the way. Uh, sweet guy. Love him to death. He's, he's really, really a cool guy. He's laid back. 
very easy to get along with. But uh, yes, just to answer everybody's questions, I have gone back to work. I uh, was out of work for about four months, and now I've come back. I know that I wasn't out of work as long as some people have, because some people's been out of work for over a year, uh, or right at a year. So yeah, no, I've been I was very, very blessed that I was able to, to have a, an employer uh, take a very serious look at me and put me back to work, and that that's just tickled me to death. So being back to work, doing local truck driving and doing the deliveries and stuff like that, um, so I am in training. I am now the worm and the rookie uh, of the whole deal. I get to start off all over again, and I'm good with that, believe it or not. Good company that I'm working for, so... That's just to give everybody a little bit of an idea that, yeah, I have gone back to work. So now I'm working, and I'm doing this, and so we stay quite busy. So there's no time for me to get in trouble, um, I hope. I really do. I kind of hope that there is no time for me to get in any trouble, you know, uh, to be on the good list for a while. <laughs> okay, um, and after that little thing, this is probably going to be the last story for this episode. Um, if you remember... Back in one of the other episodes, I talked about how I stood behind my son-in-law to uh, so he could watch his son being born, and he turned green, and uh, everything went kind of crazy, you know, I mean, because he just wasn't into that. And I happened to stop and think that, um, you know what, I remember when one of my daughters was born, and the doctor looked at me and said, come on down here, you kind of like need to see this. Well, I kind of thought, well, I'm going to stand off to the side, he's going to do his job, it's not going to be a big thing whatsoever. And he says, no, come on over here. Come on. And I've already got the gown on, you know, the blue gown they put on you when you're in the delivery room. And the wife's starting to get into hard labor. And he says, come on, come on over here. And I'm kind of looking at him like, what are you doing here? I've This ain't my job, you know, this, I don't do this. You know, you do this. It's what you're getting paid for, I thought. But he gets me over there and he gets me all situated. And the nurse comes over and puts the gloves on. You know, and he stood behind me and kind of did the same thing to me as what I did to my son-in-law. He just kind of stood up behind me real tight and kept me to where I couldn't move because now I'm stuck between my wife's uh, legs and he's stuck behind me. And he says, and I kid you not, he told me in my ear, he goes, the ball's in your court. And I could have just literally passed out right then and there because I've never done this before. I'm like, this is, I drive a truck. I don't, I don't deliver babies. And sure enough, the baby starts coming out, you know, and he says, just do this and do that, grab the head. And he's walking me through this whole procedure. And the nurse reaches over and puts the little clamp on the uh, umbilical cord. And they give me the, the snippers and we cut the umbilical cord. And the nurse just sopped her right up and took her away right away from me, right then and there. And he backed away and patted me on the back and said, you did a really good job. And I says, well, Mike, I want to ask you a question. He goes, what's that? And I go, what am I paying you for if I'm doing that? And he went, oh, experience. I've done this. I've, you know, hundred times I've done this. Not me. I mean, I was green and I know I was. I turned green. So I'm just like, I ain't doing this no more. I don't mind them watching them being born, but I don't want to participate. That's, I'm not a, no, thank you. I don't need that, you know? So, yeah. So that was my my little deal. And I think that was one of the things that, hey, let's just do this to a son-in-law. Let's see how he likes it. At least I didn't throw up like what he did. I (laughs) I didn't throw up at all. So So, anyway, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of this episode. I hope everybody's enjoyed it. It's been kind of a crazy episode to where there's been a lot of bloopers on 
purpose put in here to let you guys know that I really, really, as a redneck, I have to read stuff several times and I have to read it out loud and rehearse and drive my poor wife, who's my engineer, uh, literally out of her mind. So anyway, that's the end of this episode. Everybody have a good day and you've been listening to On the Lighter Side of Life.